And we are back. This is uh, episode 126 of the Speed Metal Cycling Podcast. I am your host, the almighty Skull Crusher. Today, we are back in full force. We have my brother, Klaus. Something about Lake Minnetonka? What? Why don't you purify yourself in the waters of Lake Minnetonka? That was my introduction. <laughs> it's good to have you back, Klaus. Uh, Mike, how's it going, dude? Great. How are you? I am doing very well. And then we have the lovely Natalia once again. And, by the way, I got an email and somebody asked me if Natalia was single. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That was me. I don't. That was Mike. <laughs> <laughs> No, and I'm not. Sorry, I'm out of the market. Even if, <laughs> even if she were single, we just found out before we started recording that she has a dog that's roughly the size of a T-Rex, based on what its bark <laughs> sounds like. Yeah. Yeah, it's a carnivorous. It's like a dog. Kenworth 18 wheeler with teeth. He's pretty cute, actually. Uh, aren't all dogs cute? <laughs> Mike, what about your dog? I don't have a dog. I have, yeah. a, I have an imaginary cat. <laughs> what about you, Mike? Are you single? Are people wondering about Mike? They should. I just said I have an imaginary cat. What do you think the answer is? <laughs> You're not even sad enough to be at like a old cat lady. You're just you have imaginary cats. You're not even. It's, a, it's like an intermediate step before I actually could get one. Oh, it's that beard. Do you still you have a beard, Mike? Dude, I shaved my beard. For the summer? Oh. Yeah, it's summertime now. It's summertime, yes, yes. So now you're growing the man bun. <laughs> <laughs> For the summer, of course, yes. Yeah. Mike, did you go to Coachella? Tell the truth. Uh, yeah, isn't it happening right now? I, I oh, think yeah. so, I don't know. Um, I want to dedicate this episode to the uh, uh, recently deceased icon and idol of mine, and that would be... China, the wrestler, who died earlier today. Yeah, oh. talk about two losses in one day. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you thought I was going to say Prince, but no, in reality, I don't think that young people, that if there's anybody young, actually, if anybody's listening um, of any age, understands how iconic Prince really was, and I really hope that it doesn't turn into one of those, like, um, like in 20 years, people will just dismiss it as like some pop thing or whatever but in reality that's man michael jackson prince and um rashida jones's dad yes <laughs> quincy uh, jones died no <laughs> no quincy <laughs> jones makes what? headphones no like no no no. Dre. no i'm saying quincy jones that's why prince and michael jackson were like a huge influence for me when i was younger wait uh, who out of those three who who's dead Michael Jackson and Prince. Okay, that's what yeah, I Yeah, yeah. You know, Quincy, and the day, by the way, though, the day Quincy Jones dies, we're not doing a podcast that day. Okay. The thing I'll that's funny is that Quincy Jones actually produced like Miles Davis and people from the jazz era, but we're referring to him. I jokingly said Rashida Jones's dad, but he is. <laughs> so, that's, you know, and to anyone that doesn't know who Prince was or really appreciate them just watch the snl sketches with uh fred armison and i think you'll get a pretty good sense of who he was what and, you know no. i actually got my 
Why I got the- my picture taken in front of uh, the Paisley whatever studios where he died this summer. Oh. No, but if you don't know who Prince is... I creepily drove to his house and we watched Purple Rain that night in Minneapolis. If you don't know who Prince is, all you got to do is watch the Chappelle show things with with Eddie Murphy's brother. That thing where they go to his house and play basketball against Prince and the Revolution is the funniest thing ever. Shirts versus blouses. Yeah, shirts versus blouses. It's amazing. (laughs) Okay, this episode is 100% dedicated to that dude because he was amazing. And I can't believe he died and he was so young. And he's like, and I'm like, not even that young myself. And now I'm thinking like, wonderful. Now I'm going to die tomorrow. No, you're not. No, no, I'm not going to die tomorrow. <laughs> it, was, it was my birthday yesterday. And it was like, told all day I was super depressed and super bummed out. Because I don't like getting older. And the birthdays are nothing more than a, than, than a truly never-ending day of that reminds you that you're getting older and when people say well you're only as old as you think you are it's bullshit you're only as old as your driver licenses you are because that's how old your lungs are and your heart and your brain and your body that's how old you are you're the only person that has a birthday on 420 that's bummed about it no i'm sure there's other people that are really bummed about the 420 thing but yeah it was yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a good day. And then China and Prince go and die the next day, man. At least they held out until until after it was my birthday. Anyway. But there was a bike race yesterday, that was fun. There was a what yesterday? A bike race. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. The flesh alone was for my birthday, but then for my birthday where I won there was a Colombian in the podium and there was no such thing. And on top of that, Sergio now got pulled out of the friggin' race. Because of the- <laughs> He probably thought, actually the UCI probably thought, we have this uh, information here, we're going to have to like pull Sergio now out of the race. Let's wait until that dude's birthday, that Skull Crusher guy, and then pull him out, just to spite him. Wait, wait, wait. He actually get pulled out like mid-race? No, he no, wasn't allowed to start. before he starts. Because that would be funny. <laughs> like, excuse me, you, sir, pull over. Yeah, like if the cops came with like lights, like, woo! and just pulled him over and gave him a ticket. A cop in a motorcycle behind him. And all the, yeah, all like the dudes shoots. in the peloton, all the dudes in the peloton would be like, kind of like when you see a car, a cop car with their lights on right like right behind you and you're like, oh shit, what did I do? Everybody in the peloton is like, oh damn, they caught me. Oh man. But as the have, cop have keeps going, they're like, he wasn't for me. And then yeah, that's, how they, should do. that's how they should do doping busts from now on, mid-race. Mid-race. <laughs> exactly. That would, be, that would increase Public your... Public shaming and all, like, it would be awesome. Then he would get pulled over, like, right, just on the side of the road and then handcuffs and stuff. And, like, he has to ride on the bike of the motorcycle with handcuffs on. <laughs> That's kind of how the Festina tour was. But, yeah, this would be even better. Yeah. Oh, man, that would be awesome. Hey, we kind of started talking about cycling already. Wow, that's crazy. But it's not in the order that I wanted to do it. I wanted to do Amstel Gold first. Uh, actually... Hmm. Let's do this. Let's do Perry Roubaix first because we already discussed Perry Roubaix, of course. But Klaus, you were there, and we haven't discussed it with you. So maybe let's do it in chronological order. In which case, we would do 
Paris-Roubaix first, then we would do Amstel Gold, then we would do Flesh Wallone, and then after that we can listen to Natalia chatter a little bit about women's cycling because the Flesh Wallone, the women's Flesh Wallone, and then the Vira uh, also have happened since the last time we talked. Um, and, uh, oh, before we start though, how about this? Uh, I read that uh, Peter Sagan is thinking about doing some mountain bike competition thingies before the Tour of California. And everybody's like, no, why would he want to do that? I'm like, yeah, dude, more chances of him getting injured, like breaking a collarbone or something or like breaking a finger. That would be awesome. And um, yeah, so that's it. That's all I wanted to say about that. Klaus, tell us about Paris Roubaix. How was your trip? Well, I don't want to say too much about it because people that listen to this podcast have already heard you guys talk about the race once. So I don't want to. Well, no, I mean, not the race itself, but how was your trip? The trip was good. I, I talked to two people that listen to this podcast, and that's always really weird because I assume that we do this and then it goes into the ether and no one listens to it. And it's kind of weird to listen to someone that talks, that listens to it. Um, including the fact, uh, Daniel from Manual for Speed, who, if he's listening to this, I would be surprised, but I guess he does listen to it. He says that I say the word we" a lot on this podcast. Hmm. Do I? I don't know. My wife once pointed out that you say woofa woofa a lot. Well, that's definitely, <laughs> I know where that comes from, but we? I didn't even wow-wee. know you said that. All the nerdy things. we? Woofa woofa. All terrible. But the trip was good. Uh, yeah, whatever. Just <clears throat> super bad uh, jet lag. I think I would like to say that I'm above that, but it's getting worse with age, so that's kind of a bummer. That's why the day of the race, I woke up at four in the morning and w- walked over to the start and just walked around at four in the morning because hmm. I didn't know what else to do. Where did you uh, stay? In Compiègne. Oh, you stayed in Compiègne. Yeah, yeah, across the river from yeah. the start. Maybe yeah, and it walked. Ten minutes. That's very interesting. Did you yeah. ride? Did you ride at all? No, no, no. I was there for like a day and a half or something. So straight to work, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was good. Uh, got to do some some interviews and got to talk to some riders and. So it was good, and the day of the race was awesome. But yeah, you don't. I don't really know. I still haven't seen the race. I don't really know how it developed, and it was one of those things. Like I was thinking in the car, uh, and actually, uh, uh, Daniel from Manual for Speed said, "I think this is kind of a boring year." And then we got to the Velodrome, and everyone's like, "This is like the best pair of Roubaix in years." And we were like, "Oh, we don't know." Um, you were just in a press car. You were in a team car, right? Yeah, we were just like with press stickers, which is still like insanely tough and the timing and there's a lot of running and driving and begging the cops to let you in even though you have the stickers. It's it's kind of a, a super hectic uh, day, but it was uh, super fun. I just, yeah, I don't know what else I can really tell you. Like it's, I mean, I wrote a thing about it on the blog, so if you want to, if anyone wants to check that out, you can. Um, yeah, I mean, I think probably the most interesting stuff is stuff that I'd rather not repeat, which was, and I mentioned it on the blog, which was like all this like crazy gossip and stuff that people talk about. Uh, people who are in the press and photographers and stuff, and there's just like a lot of really interesting stories being told. But 
none that I could really tell without potentially facing litigation for both myself and the podcast later on at some point. Uh, so but that, really juicy stuff. That would be AlpsAndes.com. Um, did you run over? Did you run over anyone? <laughs> See again, I, certain things you don't want to talk, you don't want to talk about. But did your car have disc brakes? <laughs> no, that's why it didn't hurt any. No, I actually I hope it did. But it uh, it's it's a very scary proposition to be on the course because. Uh, I think I've explained this before, but when you have press stickers, you're not in the caravan, as in there's the start of the race, like the official motorcycle and vehicle, and then there's dudes on bikes, and then there's the team cars. And after the team cars, that's where you can be. You know, it's kind of like after the, you know, before the, sometimes actually uh, you can be right before, so between the publicity caravan and the official start of the race. But Paris-Roubaix gets so broken up that there's long spans of like 10 minutes and they'll let you in and then you're in the course and everything's good and then all of a sudden there's just like a dude on a bike right behind you Hmm. on a cobbled section which is really really not a good time and really uncomfortable and it's just not something you feel comfortable being around so So that's Really not good. I have two questions. Number one, if 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 let's say that I were to have the the choice of watching the race on the side of the road or riding in a press car, which one do you think would be better? I would say if you can see it on the side of the road a few times, that's awesome. I mean, we saw it, I think, five or six times. It's amazing. The thing missing, which I've had before, is that if you can watch a feed of the race while you're in the car, then that's filling in the blanks and you understand the context. It's kind of like seeing any bike racer. It's just like boom, 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 boom. They go by. And you're like, this guy was here, this guy was here. So that has changed, but I don't know why it changed. So, for example, like, I didn't know that there was a crash. I didn't know I didn't know anything. I even wrote about this. Like, I was in the velodrome. I didn't see Cancellara eat it with the Swiss flag. I didn't even see that. <laughs> and I was, like, just a few feet away from it. But I was looking in the other direction, and I didn't, I didn't know that happened. Hmm. So I think TV, whichever way you do it, TV is the best way to do it. You have to have a TV, but, you know, for me, having, like, a U.S. cell phone, the data rates would probably be, like, $1,000 to watch that race on my phone. So, like, I can't do that. So, and then the other question that I had for you, though, is after doing it in a press car, do you think that that car belonged in the race? Do you think that that car that you were in should have been there? I mean, I do. I do. The, the car was was manned by Daniel from Manning for Speed, who was photographing the race. We uh, both had press credentials. Uh, if you look at... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, no, no, no. But that's not the question. All of that. No, the question is not, was it legal for it to be there? I'm asking... Oh, no. Because of all the shit that has been going on lately, do you think that they should start trimming down cars like that one? There wasn't that many cars, and normally it wouldn't be at all. We would have no interaction whatsoever with riders for never, 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 because 
you know, the people that would come in contact with riders would be someone like a photographer in a motorcycle. Like we, this car would never be allowed in no press car like that is ever allowed within the proper race proper. Gotcha. So it was just a bizarre thing that you're like, the race is way over. Like fans are already leaving the area. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, there's two Kofi disc guys. Why does it have to be Kofidis, guys? Because it really was. And also, like, after Arnberg, you can tell that there was, like, yeah, people start to, like, kind of team up. And you can see that they're like, oh, we're just going to write to this section. And they're just, like, at that point, they turn off the gas and they're just chatting because their job is done. Mm-hmm. And it seems like Arnberg is really the point where a lot of people just pull the pin and they're just, like... They probably have a spot where they're going to get picked up, but it's still for a while and they can do a little bit of training, get some miles or whatever. But they go from being very intense to just like they're just two friends like chatting and going on a nice ride on a Sunday after having just killed themselves for X amount of miles. Gotcha, gotcha. So I can tell you this, and I think that we agreed, all three of us agreed uh, about this last episode, is that it's one of the best Roubaix's that we can remember. It's it's, honestly, it's probably the best, I don't know, the the best. But in in recent years, not only the best Roubaix, but probably the best race that I can remember. See, that's the thing, I, I... I'm not just being silly. Like I really, I have no idea. So I really you have, have got to, have see, to it, see it. You have got to see and, it. And you know, the day before at the team hotel, uh, like the Cannondale guys were all laughing. I guess they all find it very funny that every year everyone gets scared. Like on Tuesday, if one section is muddy, and uh, one guy was like, "Man, it's been happening that way every, like every other year for like the last ten years." Everyone freaks out. Um, he's like, it's always fine. It's it's always fine. It's going to be fine tomorrow. It's barely going to be dusty. And sure enough, it was barely dusty. It's like, yeah, that part, know, that, part, that part was kind of boring. Uh, yeah. Mike, Natalia, either of you guys have any questions for Klaus about his awesome trip? Uh, did you have a chance to talk to Dyer Quintana? I did. I did. I talked to him. Uh, he was one of the writers I was able to talk to the day before the race. And he, Dyer is, I think he's kind of wise beyond his years. He's a young guy, but he's, he's super sharp. He said he definitely wanted to finish the race because he's like, I don't know if I would be the first Colombian to finish it, but that would be a, you know, a, a little like, a, what do they call it? Like a little feather in my cap. Of course, I actually think, um, crap, what's his name? Your friend. Francofides. Oh, uh, Leonardo Duque. Mm-hmm. Leonardo Duque, I think, was the first one to finish it. I don't know if Giovanni Jimenez finished it. He did it a few times. But, uh, yeah, I, I talked to Dyer for maybe 45 minutes or an hour or so. And actually uh, also did an interview with him for uh, for a magazine in the U.K. So, um, yeah, so that was awesome. He's super uh, smart guy and... It's a pity that if you ride for a team like Movistar, a rider like him gets sent to do a race like that. I mean, clearly, as we saw, there are certain riders in Movistar that are very well equipped for a race like that. But it is weird that he ends up just because they need, you know, warm bodies. But at least he seemed to take it on like for real and definitely wanted to finish. And by the second time we saw the race go by, like second or third time, he was already like way behind and he was like in uh, Phil Guyman territory. Yeah, but okay. he, that's because he got a puncture. Yep. 
Oh, did he? See, I have no idea. Oh, well, that's. I think that's where Natalia was going. Yeah, with, that's what, yeah. where my question was yeah. going. Go ahead, oh, Natalia. See, I talked to him the day before. Not so, now. Klaus, you haven't seen any of the stuff that happened to him or anything then? No. Oh, okay. okay go go ahead, then, Natalia. Yeah. So, no, he had a puncture, and while he was waiting for the car to come by, he was being like very friendly with the spectators that were around, like shaking hands and you know, like just. Oh, no. So and the spectators were really happy. So the theory is that uh, we think that maybe they confused him with Nairo. So <laughs> we were open. Oh, I'm sure that's not the case. Yeah, so that's what we wanted I, to know. So that's why I yeah. wanted to know if you had oh, talked to him. You know. Um, I can uh, I can contact him through WhatsApp <laughs> <laughs> and just ask him. There you go. WhatsApp him. By the way, and I think I've mentioned this before, Colombian professionals lack the ability or willingness or whatever to use any other method of communication, including email, phone, Skype, nothing. It's only WhatsApp. Okay. It's very That good. app is the only everything else is like sending smoke signals into nothingness <laughs> it's weird 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 how like they have really taken to to that and to my knowledge other professionals because you could think like well it's international rates like of course it makes sense for someone that has friends and family in one country but works in another i get that but to my knowledge like u.s pros like just use texting i know what but anyway i could ask them why? Why? Please tell me. Full, in, full encryption. Oh yeah. So yes, that's why. That's that's so funny that because I don't use that application very often. That app, so should call it. And when I turned it on to get a hold of him, I got this message like, "Your messages are now fully encrypted." And I was like, "Oh, thank God!" Because <laughs> if someone in the NSA gets a hold of the fact that I'm meeting with Dyer at eight p.m. or whatever, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> the world will come undone. Oh, man. You never know. Colombian conspiracy. Yes. I know. Oh, I know. <laughs> Colombian terrorist talk. By the way, one last thing uh, about that is that Dyer, like Nido, speaks with a very funny pseudo Spanish accent. Oh, gosh. Do you think that <laughs> it's very, very, very weird? Do you think that they're doing it on purpose? Do you think they're doing it on purpose, like Madonna with her British I, accent? It's kind of, if you remember when Madonna became British, this is more severe. Even to the point that he uses words that I was like, hmm? <laughs> At one point, even in a text, he said he was having cena which is what Spanish people call dinner, mm -hmm. but it's a very different word than what Colombians would use. And I completely understand he's fully immersed in a Spanish team. He lives in Spain. Like, I know that. But it's really funny to hear him speak with a fully Spanish accent. Not did, completely, but... Did he say, say... He's not from Boyacá, <laughs> completely. Did he, say, did he say La Fregona? That's one of my favorite <laughs> Spanish things. <laughs> Every time Just I meet somebody from Spain, I'm like, you guys call a mob a fregona. And they're like, yeah. I just think it's hilarious. It's a funny word. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, yeah, I wonder. Like, I know David Miller speaks, certainly, actually, Robert Miller spoke 
with a bizarre accent that was not from what I understand and correct me out there if anyone if I'm wrong but he didn't sound completely Scottish and he doesn't he just sounds weirdly like European and David Miller is a little bit like that too that's how so Mike like, is maybe that's just cycling talk Mike, Mike, Mike has a really weird accent too like he's not really from Boston but not really from New York you know who when Mike talks you know who he reminds me of that singer for House of Pain Everlast yeah Everlast. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll say this: like, for how how Dyer is now second or third year professional in Movistar, uh, something se- like that, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. second or third. Rigoberto Uran has been in Europe for like eleven years, and he sounds like a caricature of someone from the region of Colombia that he's from. Like the way he talks is crazy. It's so obvious where he's from to the point that it's humorous he doesn't have like a spanish or italian accent and yet dyer really 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 does i don't know just thought i'd bring that up mike do you feel like this is too much colombia talk no well so so when i'm I'm, when i'm hanging out with uh when I'm hanging out with my my friend Christian here in in Pittsburgh, and you know, obviously we're both Colombian, and we're like BSing about this or that, going at a million miles an hour in Spanglish. My wife calls that Colombianing. So, <laughs> if we're meeting at a restaurant, for example, she's like, "I'm gonna be 15 minutes late. That should be enough time for you guys to get all the Colombianing out of the way." <laughs> Colombianing, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, great. yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know that any of that is of any interest or anything like that. But, yeah, I mean, the, the trip was was uh, fantastic, super great. Uh, I was happy to be able to help out the Manual for Speed uh, folks in any way I could, which sometimes just means like getting a coffee know, or, you, or just like paying, offering to pay for a toll or something. <laughs> That's very nice. Very nice. Yeah. Um, Amstel Gold. Did you did you get to see this one, Klaus? Yes. Oh shoot! You know what? Actually, I, I just randomly thought about this before we talk about Amstel Gold. Did any of you guys see photos of the Fran Ventoso injuries? He finally posted images of the cut and the after the surgery. Nope. If you are squeamish no, in no. any way, I... don't even look it up. But if you want to see gnarly 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 photos it oh boy oh boy they are awesome if you're like me i love that shit it is so disgusting it like gave me such a shiver to look at them can i ask a question like this has been discussed ad nauseum and maybe there's been a conclusion or someone like a professional has put this to rest but yes Disc brakes are like crazy ass, like knives and coming at you like the sphere from the movie Phantasm. But <laughs> the big chain ring, though it's hidden in the middle part of a bike, is kind of the same if you're in the small ring, which in Paris-Roubaix you wouldn't be. But well, there's, you there's, know what I mean? There's many differences. Like, uh, uh, it's it's not as sharp, although it definitely has the teeth and stuff. It has teeth. It's it's yeah. connected by it's it's covered basically by the chain most of the way and then but the i think the most important thing too is that disc brakes can potentially be really fucking hot and that's a problem too because if they don't cut you they'll burn the shit out of you and that i know and i think i mentioned this before when i went to 
the uh, Zonhoven to the Super Prestige cyclocross race. This was a few years back. So they were just starting to test those bikes in cyclocross races. So imagine this is now going back a few years. And someone in the pit area was talking about how Sven Nace at the time had tested it. And he, at one point, the way he was carrying the bike, he, the, the, uh, discs got hot enough that they kind of melted or kind of visibly did something to his lycra skin suit. Mm. Yeah. From the heat. And someone could have just been making up a story and I listened in and totally bought it hook, line and sinker. It would be unusual because in cyclocross, you don't want to stop. You just, you know, you shouldn't be using your brakes ideally, especially someone like him, like he's the best and wouldn't have to, but I could see maybe that would happen. I don't know. Mm. So, but the good thing is, if it cuts you, it cauterizes as it goes and stops the bleeding. Klaus, you obviously didn't listen to the episode, to the last episode. That's exactly what I said. Damn it. Dude. Edited and post. You and I are freaking brothers. That's weird. <laughs> I mean, it's not weird that we're brothers, but it's weird that we both came up with the same joke because it's not funny at all. Okay. Amstel Gold, Amstel Gold. Did everybody see it, the race? Unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> and Klaus, you saw it? I did. Why do you say unfortunately, Mike? I don't know. I, did, I didn't think it was that great. Okay, let me ask you this question, though. Which yeah. one did you think was better, Amstel Gold or Flesh Valong? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Trobro Leon. Or the Trobro Leon. That's always the answer to any question. Trobro Leon was good. Was yeah. good. Flesh Valong was good, but for the wrong reasons. You know, let's talk about Amstel Gold, but remind me that you said that because I really want to. I really want to hear what everybody thinks about the Flesh Alone because I have very definite, very strong opinions about that race. I have a question for you guys. Do you want to play a two-second game that has to do with Amstel Gold and its winner? Yes. Okay. Okay. Who has more Twitter Twitter followers, Gasparotto or a self-aware Roomba vacuum cleaner that tweets? The Roomba. Well, I'm, wait, hold on. Where is this Roomba at? Because if it's like some like like a Roomba in like some small city in like Nigeria, but it is, if it's a popular Roomba like in the valley in California, then I'll say maybe the Roomba. I mean, to my knowledge, it's the only. Uh, oh, the only Roomba, Roomba that actually that tweets. tweets. It doesn't say the location. It's been on Twitter since 2012. And it last tweeted on April 17th. So it's an active Roomba. Okay, do you tweet, like, get this cat off of me? Yeah, I want to hear the (laughs) tweets. (laughs) It said, like, I'll just read you a few. Yeah. This is nice. (laughs) Words demurely. Wait, this is nice was accompanied by an image or? No, it just says. And then every once in a while it just says words because it's, it's. Yeah, it's. You thought there'd be photographs? If the Roombas are taking pictures now, then we've gone way too far with these things. Guess what? There are pictures, and they're from the point of view of a Roomba. Of course. (laughs) So, what's weird is that's Gasparato's Twitter feed. (laughs) (laughs) He's not that sure. So, I guess I'm giving you an idea. Like, it it says things, but it's not particularly like in February second for the only time that week. it tweeted Roomba in all caps. 
Uh, I'm voting for the Roomba. Yeah, it has to. I mean, that sounds amazing. Roomba in all caps. I, I, I I'm gonna say the Roomba. I'm actually gonna follow the Roomba as soon as we're done. Actually, what's the, what's the name for the Roomba? It's at self aware Roomba. That's it. I'm, I'm Mike, following her. What do you think? I'm following her and non-following Gasparotto. I'm, I'm hoping that it's the Roomba. You guys are Cart says Roomba right. It says best friend <laughs> and, to- and totally ruined Everything I was going to say But yes of course Self-aware Roomba 26,300 followers Gasparotto has 14,400 huh. So by more than 10,000 12,000 followers or so Self-aware Roomba Has more followers than Gasparotto Well I think that Somewhere in between there Is Natalia Right Natalia Don't you have like <laughs> 22,495 or something Sure, sure, I'm counting Yeah And you can find her at Self-Aware Colombian <laughs> <laughs> Damn you guys You already know how this game that, works too well Okay, well then let me just ask you a backup one Okay And then we'll, I swear, we'll get to Amstel Gold Because this was my backup Where you got to Gasparato first Who has more followers? Anna Hansen, Lance Armstrong's current wife or Gallagher, the comedian that used to <laughs> beat up watermelons. Wait, I have a this this. It all depends on the Gallagher um, account. Is it managed by the real Gallagher himself, or is this yeah. managed by the second Gallagher, who was his brother, who took over the whole thing? As far as I know, there is only one. Yeah, Mike uh, Gallagher franchised his act. Yeah, to his brother. To his brother. Yeah, absolutely. So maybe if you went to see him and there was this legematic, he's smashing watermelons. Maybe that wasn't the real Gallagher. Just think about that, and they never disclosed that. So maybe you would- I could have my brother on the podcast next week instead of me. <laughs> We've been waiting for you to say that. Hope you guys like football. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I like football. I'll, I'll, I'm down. We can talk about the, the draft that's coming up. Okay. Uh, Klaus, so go ahead. This is, this is Gallagher. Yeah. Gallagher, Gallagher the, Gall- the, the real Gallagher. Gallagher, the one and only. So what do you guys think? Uh, Gallagher that has one of my, fi- my, one of my favorite jokes. Why do they call them buildings? They ought to call them built. <laughs> <laughs> So Get it, building, joke in built. Mind. Who do you guys think? Why do we park on the driveway and I drive think. on the parkway? Is that a Gallagher original? <laughs> it's it really in his is. act. My brother and I watched several Gallagher specials in the 90s on Comedy oh, Central. Oh, I know a lot of them. I know there's, yes. C-O-M-B so comb. T-O-M-B tome. No. T-O-M-B tomb. Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry. Okay. My brother's wife. Really doing I'm her... wife. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. It has okay. to be Gallagher. It has to be Gallagher. He's a genius. Anna Hansen. Anna Hansen has 7,500 followers. Gallagher, 750. Wait, what? 750 period? Yes. No oh, way. That's not the official Gallagher. No way. No way. When I went to see him, there were 750 people in the theater with me. Did I just say now I saw Gallagher live? Oh, boy. He's doing the Syracuse funny bone. <laughs> <laughs> he's playing the funny bone in Syracuse. So if anybody's listening in Syracuse, go get your tickets. It's going to sell out. All right. Now we're going so, back to uh, Amstel Gold with about a thousand crashes. 
And for me, the 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 race kind of like lost its impetus and importance and uh, potential excitement with like 25k to go, 20 to go. Kiatowski like basically was dropped and then Dumoulin and then Greg Navarmat and more and more it was like who the hell is going to be left like nobody I don't know it, after that it was just then, then but then Tim Tim Wellens went with like 5k to go or whatever and was like awesome and I thought he was going to make it and then he didn't and Gasparotto looks just like Levi Leipheimer look it up Gasparotto looks just like Levi Leipheimer it's uncanny and very creepy when he was like celebrating. So, although I said this before, Leipheimer has more of that Darth Vader without the helmet look. Well, because his like head is veiny. like a weird, yeah, yeah, like his temples are weird and veiny, and his head looks like a weird like fetus. But th- th- their face and their expressions are very similar. So, I was personally very happy that Gasparotto won. I mean, second time around, it's awesome. He's a guy that doesn't win very much, obviously, and I think that it's awesome that Wantigroup, Gobert, and Bardiani were both in the podium. I like that idea. Second division teams m- making me proud. I think that's awesome. And, um, yeah, that's that's all I have to say about the race. I was a little disappointed. But little did I know I was going to be way more disappointed a few <laughs> days from then. But, Mike, you said that you didn't like I'm still gold either, correct? Yeah, I mean, the same thing. You know, you're watching it, and, no, and nobody that you want seems motivated, and nothing has sticks, and then you realize there's less than 5K to go, and you're like, okay, so now what? Like, there just wasn't that suspense all the way up to the end. Like, the, there should Yeah, been. it was weird. You're actually right. Now that I hear you say that, that's exactly what it was. That 5K to go thing just kind of crept up on me. I just, all of a sudden, I'm like, wait, what? 5K to go? Nothing has happened. Yeah. Hmm. Natalia, your thoughts? Eh, well, boring. I don't want to say much more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's how boring it was. Yeah. Like, nope. I actually regretted watching this one live instead of the Trobo Leon. That's all. I didn't even watch Trobo Leon. Oh, that tastes good. Yeah, I watched that. <laughs> so tell me about that race then. What was, what was so awesome about it, Natalia? I can't tell you because I don't remember the names of anybody. Because, I mean, Trovor Leon is like a bunch of nobodies. It's just like, it's funny because as in the ones that have calls, you have things happening. Like at the end, they were doing the final laps for 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 the win and the suspense was there. Like you didn't know what was going to happen. So it was pretty cool to see. Yeah, I've liked that race. I've watched it a couple of times in the past, but... Pretty, pretty cool. So, yeah, no, next year, definitely not watching I'm, I'm Still God live. <laughs> I'm going for the Trobro. other one. Much, Mike, much entertaining. Your thoughts about the French Trobro Leon? Yeah, I mean, the course the course is just great. I mean, there, there are, you know, there are scenic routes in cycling, and then there's, like, literal, literal farm roads in Trobro Leon that look like they should be on, like, someone's randonoring trip. Like, they're crazy. Really narrow dirt paths and a lot of a lot of really like amped up and aggressive racing, and there was a lot of Frenchiness going on. There was a lot of like guys yelling at each other and like looking at each other and kind of argue. There was a lot of arguing going on, which is which was also kind of interesting. But um, it was I just a really you meant like accordion music and mine. <laughs> I thought I thought Everyone you was meant smoking. like it's crazy. By, uh, they by were watching yes. Amelie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know one thing that I didn't see that I really wanted to see. The pig that they get at the end. 
Oh yeah, that's I right. I missed that one. Oh. But I think but, it's a hog. Yeah. I don't think it's a pig. Okay, sorry. <laughs> It looks like a pig. Apologies to a hog. <laughs> yeah, I think I should actually uh, make a bigger attempt at at watching it next year. I last year I didn't watch it either. I just I don't know. I just kind of forget about it. I guess I don't I don't really think about it. But hmm. if you look at the results, because it's, um, it's named after a candy bar, as opposed to a beer. <laughs> If you look at the results, uh, one pro cycling had the one and two spots on the on the podium, which sounds um, doesn't sound like a great finish, but it, the way that that played out was pretty unlikely, and that also led to a, a great finish. And the guy who won, Martin Mortensen, was was awesome. He just killed it. Mm-hmm. Peter Williams was second, and Florian Vachon was third. By the way. Um, And then, uh, wait, the Ample Gold, I, I, I should, might as well just say this too. Enrico Gasparotto won it, and uh, Michael Anderson was behind, or Valgren, I'm sorry. Valgren. Michael Valgren was second, and then Colbrelli was third, and he actually had a ridiculous race too. I was like super crazy impressed to see him actually win that sprint for third because Cocard and Matthews and stuff were actually all pretty close to him so and then while I'm reading results I might as well tell you that um, the Vuelta Castilla Leon um, Alejandro Valverde won that right yes yes um, I can't believe how many people hate on Alejandro Valverde on Twitter <laughs> well you can't no why why would they he's so nice and You know, I mean, he's, he's pretty much pretty much a spotless career. Yeah, so there. <laughs> no, I just so don't understand. That. People can people can hold a freaking grudge. This guy came back from his suspension like six years ago. Just let it freaking go. And he's ten times better than he was before, which is amazing. <laughs> Because he learned his lesson, Klaus. See, you can be better without cheating. <laughs> I, don't I think the issue is this: his weird hair loss and the fact that he refuses to cut his hair short. I think turns a lot of people off, and also nobody. Klaus, you're the only person in the world. Iron skillet. Klaus, you are the only person in the world that is turned off by his hairline. <laughs> you bring everyone up everyone else is like, ooh, yay. No, nobody else cares, but you bring it up. Like every time we talk about Alejandro Valverde, you bring up his hairline. I think him and Prince is it Prince William who is the uh, the Saudi, one? Uh, British listeners yeah like the only two people that haven't realized like it's okay to just cut your hair short cut your losses and not look like Dr. Katz <laughs> <laughs> that is an awesome so 90s reference, reference a class. comedy central show that was only nice. on for a short amount of time see I've become hyper conscious of the fact that people outside the United States listen to this and they're like Dr. Katz look it up what? it's a cartoon Yeah, I do, people outside the United States, people inside the United States don't know what the hell you're talking about, Doctor Katz. I mean, so I, how about uh, Larry I, David? There oh, yeah. you go. Is that Larry David. more international? A little bit more international. Or um, if I were to make it more British friendly, I could just say, imagine if uh, Mr. Bean didn't have any hair on top of his head. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were gonna go the Doctor Who route. I usually make fun of like if I'm if like my default make fun of British pop culture is Doctor Who. As but but uh, Mr. Bean, that's pretty good. It's way more yeah. retarded. Um, 
Now, okay, the Flesh Malone, uh, Alejandro Alverde obviously won that. Um, um, Julian Alaphilippe was second, and Daniel Martin was third. And when he smiled on that podium, oofa, woofa. <laughs> to quote my brother, oofa, woofa. And then Enrico Gasparotto was fifth, which was amazing that he had, he could potentially have whatever, but it was a boring race. It was nobody attacked. The Flesh Malone used to be one of my favorite races. I mean, I would say probably my top five. I would look forward to it. Listen. But I'm paying, I'm, I'm, the way that I'm looking at it more and more is that the Murde Ui or what is it? Is it Ui or? It's like Ui. Like yeah. No, no, no. I know. Yes. No, no, no. There's two different pronunciations, though. There's the we. But only one is right. And no, no, no. One of them is in Flemish, and then the other one is in French. I think it's like hoy. Hoy or we or, yeah. or something, whatever. Wait. But every time they say it, they have to say it. There's two different ways of pronouncing it. I'm like, whatever. Anyway. Yeah, but it's in the French-speaking region. I know. But <laughs> but these people cannot make up their mind because the, the dog of Flanders, like the breed, the name of the breed, even though it's from Flanders, is in French. The Bouvier. Mm. It was. I know, but that gets complicated because, for example, like Brussels is in Flanders, but it's French speaking. But like when you fly into it, the uh, airport is in Wallonia, which is what happens when a country is roughly, you know, the size of like Ohio. <laughs> I think it's smaller than Ohio. I just I'm pretty that. sure I'm pretty sure that it's smaller than Ohio. But anyway. Oh, you know what I learned about we? What? This is a reference for the British fans. The BBC series The Missing was filmed there. All right. That's awesome. There's a guy that was like in The Hobbit as the star. <laughs> Very exciting. <laughs> I'm, I'm, now I'm pandering to the British audience. <laughs> you know, we also get a lot of downloads in uh, Australia. We have a couple in different countries all over Africa as well. So you better uh, up the game. Oh, I'm gonna have to brush up on that stuff. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta <laughs> up that game. Uh, no, what oh, I was gonna say I can though. Tell you this. Okay. The uh, woman that holds the K O M, well Q O M on Strava for the Muir de Wee uh-huh. is South African. Huh. But I forget her. Ashley Mulman. Klaus. Say, I'll say yes to that. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's the one. Okay. I am going to not pander to the Europeans or international listeners. So I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you this in Imperial units. The Belgium area is almost twelve thousand square miles. Ohio, on the other hand, is 44, almost 45,000 square miles. So you can fit like four Belgians in Ohio. And guess what? In Ohio, everybody speaks the same language, redneck. (laughs) It is redneck. However, four Belgians, one Ohio. Would I rather go to Belgium or Ohio? I just came back from Ohio. I was there last weekend, and I'd much rather go to Belgium. See, now we're going to have to pander to the Ohio. Oh, I don't want to pander to anybody in Ohio. I'm sorry. Screw the Bengals. Screw the Browns. All right, we're, we're done with Ohio. Yeah, I don't know. What I was going to say, though, originally about, about the Mur de Wii is that um, it used to be amazing. And then this time it really just kind of wasn't. There was not, no crazy attacks. And I mean, there kind of was, but there kind of wasn't. And 
I basically realized Valverde was going to win it like halfway up the climb, and, and it was a little anticlimactic. I but don't know. Listen, it's, it's the equivalent of a sprint, sprinter's race or sprint stage, but it's just uphill. Regardless of the attack, you know it's going to come together, and you just have to watch the very end. I mean, it always pretty much ends the same, no? Absolutely. So how is this any different? Absolutely. It's just this time, the sprint just kind of sucked. I don't know. Is it me? Was it me? Am I... No. It no? My... It was, I, I came to that same realization, too, and it was like I sat down, I started watching the race, I kind of, I was a little late, I got a feel for how it was going. And, and you're right, it was going exactly how it always goes. But then, at, at one point, I was like, if, if Alejandro Valverde wins this race, I'm going to throw my television out the window. <laughs> and, and a third of the way up the climb, I was like, holy shit, he's going to win this race. You can just tell. And you were like, oh shit, my fucking windows are closed. <laughs> I are like <laughs> painted shut. I'm going to have to start getting him open. <laughs> wow. Huh. Oh, Natalia? I like the women's better. Not that I have bias or something. No, of course you have I bias don't. because you... No, actually you don't. I mean, you don't. To say that you have bias is actually a pretty sexist thing to to say. Well, whichever but way... Let me guess. Uh-huh. They came together at the bottom. What together? And then they fought it. Well, of course, because women's racing, there's never any attacks until the very end. They always they all finish in, in sprints, right? It's flesh alone. <laughs> like, what? It's flesh alone. That's like saying it's a super flat stage at the Tour de France, and you go, man, it all, like, they pulled the back, and then they just sprinted it out. It's like, of course they did. And what no. sucks is Valverde won the women's race, too. Just- <laughs> oh! With that hair of his. But he was disqualified because of his hairline. <laughs> Oh no! Hair it's doping really with those plugs that he has in there. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> um, like plugs. It's terrible. Did you did you did you watch the the women's race? The only thing that I watch is what they showed, which was just the last well, that question. Dude. There is no way of watching. Okay, the I thought maybe there. <laughs> like, I thought maybe yeah. there had been. I don't know. I don't oh, know. you watch, and this is one of the things that was most frustrating about the Fletch Wallon. It used to be that they will switch from the men's to show the women's finish or at least, you know, like the tall screen type of deal. Yeah. And this time they didn't. So everyone was like, oh my God, but last year you show us the finish. You know, like what the hell is, nothing yeah. is happening in the men's. So why don't you just show us? Yeah, All I know. The information that we have for the women's races is coming from Twitter. So it's kind of interesting because you have the mechanics of some of the teams tweeting, sometimes the race organizers also provides some updates and then you get to imagine what is going on. You know, like you get this, like... It's like, it's like, uh... Somebody attacked and then it's like, oh my God, is somebody following? Is she opening back up? And you just have to wait for like two or three minutes until something comes up. What was the name? Hey, the the only American, the only American in the podcast. What was the name of the fireside chats or whatever that, who was that? Is that, um... What president? That president, it was, it was, it was FDR? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's what it is. So when you're you're like getting your tweets, you have to pretend as FDR sending them to you, and you're like by a by a fireplace, and then you figure that's how people used to live. I have a plan. I have an actual genius plan for this oh to boy. solve this problem. Oh boy! Oh boy! If Wait. Which release... which problem? Which problem? We have the, a lot of, of not being able to follow the race effectively. Oh, okay. Okay. If if you release a sentient Roomba. On the <laughs> <laughs> With a camera? <laughs> Problem solved. Listen, 
don't joke about self-aware Roomba because I told you what the hell, what race was it that I mentioned like three or four podcasts ago that they, it was one of the races where you get to see the recap after the fact and they had super good um, drone Footage. Oh yeah, they're well. They're they're all trying to start bringing some drone technology or whatever. But I and mean, like, of course, it's super dangerous. Like, if this breaks are dangerous. Imagine a drone like landing on somebody's head. head off. Oh, yeah. But that would be like a. They're basically a flying Roomba. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, a, a Roomba is a drone, but it actually does something important. Vacuum. Okay. What the hell is a drone? drone do? A drone does nothing. Footage of the Niagara Falls. Exactly. It's like, yeah, that, thank you very much there, drone. Freaking useless machines. Um, <laughs> oh, no, no. The, the race actually happens. Then uh, you get some, you know, like information from Twitter. And usually after the race is done, four or five hours later, some clips with video start, you know, like appearing. And then you get to see some of the, some of the action. And then I think today in the morning... I saw the one that the UCI put up with, you know, like a lot of the footage that we didn't see. But uh, out of three hours of racing, we usually get between, you know, like 10 and 20 minutes of summary in video. So the rest of it is just what you get from, from Twitter. And I have to say, even with that, it was pretty exciting to imagine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> Well, there you have there it. Were a lot. I mean, there, there, there is something else that is going on for the women's now, and they are still collecting points for the Rio Olympics to decide how many slots each country gets. So that's one thing that is adding to the action. And also that they have to show, every time that they have these heavy races, they have to show they are in good shape for the national selection. So this one was particularly a big one for some of the Olympic hopefuls. For the U.S., like Evelyn Stevens, she was really targeting this one because a, a win in Fletch Wallon meant a automatic bid for the Olympic team. So she was pretty disappointed when she came second in the in the race. So it's a lot of things that are adding to the races being very very active. And um, what's her name's team? That I always forget. Bowles Dolphman. Bowles yeah. Dolphman. I just know the Bowles. I just know the Bowles part. They've yeah. been like pretty much dominating all, all season, haven't they? Yeah, they are being the and this this is something interesting that has been happening in the past years. So two years ago was Raulive, the one that is uh, from Marianne Vos and Pauline Ferrandpreau and Anna yeah. Van der Breggen. Yeah, Van der Breggen kind of won. The dominating yeah. force. Then last year it switched to Wiggle High Five, and then this year is Bowles Dolphin, so it's, yeah, it's kind of why, it's interesting to see. Why hmm? is that? Is that because, uh, like, <laughs> girls go from one team to another, like 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 it happens in soccer, where, like, some magnate buys a team I and then brings all the... I think part of the, how the, the thing is being developing now, that you used to have, like, this very dominant team that you know like all the talent was pretty much concentrated there was not a lot of like the field wasn't very deep there were a lot of difference but as things become more professional then they kind of you know like level out and now you have like these teams that are competitive so when you say when we say here that's like dominating is because yeah they have win a bunch but it's not i mean they it was hard for them to win in the past you would look the marianne Vos team and it was like 
dominating everyone. Everything. Like that. No chance. Now it is more, you know, like level. So, yeah, and it is. It, it is nice to see that because it, it gets boring when the same person or the same team just like wins and wins and wins and wins. Yeah, tell me about it. I'm a Formula One fan. Um, so, <laughs> just one thing, real quick. Um, yes. The, so. We've said this a million times in part because we're not brain surgeons, and this is super simple. Having the race, the women's race, the same day as the men's makes huge amount of sense. And the races that don't do that, it's it's ridiculous. If you already have the camera set up at the finish, you can at least cut to the finish, for God's sakes. All those kinds of logical things. But, for example, with Flesh Wallone, little things that you don't think about. If you have a finishing circuit, like Manual for Speed covered the women's race as well. Yeah, I mean, It's one of those things, like, if you're already there, like, these things are relatively simple, at least from an outsider's point of view. That if you do them, it makes getting coverage for the women's race that much simpler. Doing it any other way is ridiculous. Yeah, I, I here's a thing, and I've, I've said this before in the in the podcast. Um, but since our audience has like quadrupled since Natalia came on, there's a lot of new <laughs> listeners, you know. Uh, so I might as well say it again from from a past life that I had in in professional sports. Um, it, it's it's really easy to say like, well, the stuff is there. Why don't you cover it? Well, the thing is that. It's not that they don't cover it or they couldn't. Is that um, you don't want to give away a potential property. So a lot of these uh, races, a lot of the organizers could potentially sell the feed, the product, produce the feed for the women's race and sell it. But because nobody's buying it, they may produce it and then just keep it instead of giving it away because it makes much more economical sense in the marketing sense. So uh, a, a lot of times with, with women's, but it's not only with women's cycling. I mean, the same thing's been said with women's soccer and, um, and you know lesser formulas that is not Formula One and all this stuff. Like, how come you don't cover it? Well, because nobody's paying for it. So... I think that it's 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 up to the UCI to step up and be like, oh, you want to produce that and you want to sell it? Guess what? We'll buy it, which they've done for a couple of races. We'll buy the rights. You produce it, we buy it, and either we put it in our own channel or then we sell it then to somebody else or whatever. But I think that if the UCI okay. is, is, is real and it's true about this idea of supporting women's um, cycling to the point where they can actually be real professionals as opposed to like part-time professionals it's something that they need to do and where is that money going to come from guess what go to all the federations hey US cycling always talks it up too and to take advantage of the fact that women's cycling is quite popular here in the United States give some of that money to the UCI get some more sponsors get a pot of money in order to be able to tell all the race organizers, not only is it awesome that you're putting the race, guess what? We're going to put it on TV. Because the race organizers, of course, are going to take money. It's money, that, it's money that they don't have. There's money that is on the table right now for them. Let's grab it. Let's do it. But it's not as easy as saying, the cameras are already there. Why don't they show it to us? Well, I guess you're talking about big picture stuff. I'm just saying if it's on the same day and photographers are only there for the day, oh, yes. they can cover both races at No, no, no. Once. Agree with you. cannot make a trip. 
completely agree with you. Completely yeah. agree with you. There's going to be already thousands of people on the side of the road. They're going to be cheering on the, the, the women. That's amazing. Exposure for the women. It's awesome for the riders as they're going through. It's a bunch of people and stuff. For the people on the side of the road, great. I get to see these girls go by instead of like sitting there for another two hours while I wait for the guys to come through. So, But Natalia, oh, you're, you're going to say. It is good. The last year, the UCI actually had the videos for the races that confirm the now... It disappeared, like, what's the name of that? The UCI World Cup uh, for women. So yeah. now that turned into the, the World Tour. World Tour. Yeah. And last year we had videos. I mean, they had the production and things in place and they would put the videos in their in U- the channel. UCI yeah. channel. So with the introduction of the World Tour, they kind of shift that responsibility to the race organizers. And is as, as you were saying, if they don't have this economic incentive in place to do it, I don't see how huh, that is going to, to happen. So it's one of those things that at some point, something's got to give, you know, like <laughs> something yeah. needs to happen. I mean, how about this? We are going to see how, you know, like it just takes one race that does it and it may, and, you know, like with business sense and then you will see the other ones follow. Because I do think there is an audience for the, for these races. I, I really believe it. It's just like yeah. there hasn't been an opportunity to show that there is some market and some business there that people can exploit. Yeah, I mean, if it you think about it, it has to happen. How many people watch the Flesh Flesh alone? 20? We can get 20 dudes to show up and watch a women's race too. It's not. We're not talking about huge numbers here. And what about the world tour being sponsored by some by somebody like a la Barclay Card Premier League or something, where it'll be called the Giant or the Live World Tour or the Cannondale World Tour or something. That's but a little see, bit of I money think- in there and. Whenever we get to this point, and we've had this discussion or different iterations of it many times, people that listen to the podcast probably it sounds very familiar, is that we get to the point that you remember, and I, I brought this up before, and it's something that you have to keep in mind about uh, cycling in general, is that cycling generates like $8 a year. I know. So <laughs> then for women cycling, it's, you know, is I'm it, not saying yeah. it excuses it, it's just like it's kind of look, I'm saying this in a cycling podcast, everyone knows I like the sport, blah, blah, blah. But it's kind of a pathetic sport. Because if you look, the on the same day as Paris-Roubaix is the day of the uh, Masters, right? The golf championship, golfing championship. If I have the numbers correctly, if I'm remembering this right, the caddy of the guy that wins the Masters makes five times more than the guy that wins Paris-Roubaix. The caddy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not the golfer, because the caddy gets 10% the winnings of the is golfer the, that wins. Is the golfer the black dude? The, the golfer is the guy that wins. The guy that wins makes 50 times what the guy that wins Perry Roubaix wins. So the caddy, who I know if you play golf, I know he's not just carrying the clubs. I know he gives spiritual advice or, you know, spiritual healing or something to make a reference to the death metal band death. Uh, but... Yeah, so like when you keep when you put into perspective, you realize, oh, this is yeah, it's a backwater sport. So one yeah. thing that I got from Fletch Wallon, sorry to interrupt you, no, go ahead. when I was like doing the doing my rounds, just looking at, at what the writers were like saying, I found this interesting hashtag that I would love to use. I just sent you the sent you the link of the of the tweet. It's from Jolene Dor. She's a, she races with the <laughs> Wiggle High Five. And it's one of those things when I was reading, it's like, wait, 
how is this even legal? You know, like, why can I um, use this, this hashtag? Yes, I know. I saw that and I thought about it. I, the hashtag is hashtag vamos putitas. Yep. In, putitas means little whores, little prostitutes. But I don't know. I mean, it's like, does it translate to something different in Joking Dutch in, or something? Uh, <laughs> English, French, or... I don't know, but if you click on the, on the thing, then you get a whole bunch of... Um, Mostly Mexicans. Actually, no, there's an Argentinian here, but it's like, like a cry of uh, like, yeah, dude, come on, let's do this. But okay. I don't but know. Still, it is weird to see a professional tweet out like, "Let's go, little whores." <laughs> yeah, but this is Julian Deor is not. She doesn't speak Spanish. Why? Yeah. Well, likewise, I should say there uh, there was some videos on Twitter and stuff. I think they're super funny of Rigoberto Uran listening to I'll put it kind of yeah. broadly, like very Colombian music and like dancing, like rocking out to music. Right? Did you see how the speaker is? Is a speaker that is in form of a water bottle, and then you a can water put bottle it that like your... music. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing, so, right? And he has colors, and he has colors too. I... It's like the whole deal. Awesome. So I'm using I'm gonna... uh, vamos putitas for Liege best on Liege. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's appropriate. Along the, along the line of that hashtag, Rigoberto Uran uses words and expressions that because I like him as a person, I'm not going to translate. <laughs> if anyone is from Colombia or Spanish speakers, just watch those videos and Mm-hmm. be in awe at the phrases that he uses because his team is like retweeting these things and if they only knew what he was saying they would be horrified <laughs> so it's funny that you assume that through social media and the world becoming a sort of a very um sort of i don't know if homogenize is the right word but in terms of language there are still gigantic chasms and Rigoberto Ran's videos are a huge example. And I, just to be a nice guy to him, I think it's best if we don't translate them because it just it's not understood multiculturally. Mike, the moment we're done recording, I'll tell you what he says. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's very, very... Sorry to be cryptic, but it just wouldn't be cool to Klaus, do that. What do you mean, sorry to be cryptic? If you weren't being cryptic, cryptic then it wouldn't be you. Oh, by the way, some oh, cryptic things that I've hinted at before about Peter Sagan. Okay. Yeah. Lots yeah. of people, lots of people in Europe know about them. They were like, oh, yeah. And they were adding and piling on some more. So, you know that thing that I was cryptic about? There's more proof about the cryptic thing. So, basically, you may be cryptic, but it's definitely a definite that he's a fucking douchebag. Yeah. All right. That's all I wanted to hear. I already knew it, but I mean, things that you had told me before and st- like, I don't know, just whatever. Anyway, I'll take Alejandro Valverde over Peter Sagan. Is that your pick for Liege, best on Liege? My pick for Liege, best on Liege is Alejandro Valverde over. <laughs> uh, well, that's a very nice way of. Uh, it's called a segue. Thank you very much. Uh, well, I thought the segue was the little like thing with the little thing where you go. Mm-hmm. That's also a segue. Isn't it amazing that the guy that invented the segue died on a segue? (laughs) Yes. 
That is very. Because he like fell off a cliff or something. <laughs> I don't know how he died, <laughs> but I, I remember he was he on was. a Segway. He fell off a cliff. <laughs> um, all right, guys. In all seriousness, though, I don't even think that Peter Sagan is is racing Liège Reston Liège, is he? No, I don't think so. I, no, I, I think he's doing. He really is doing just uh, mountain bike races for a while. <laughs> Good <laughs> for real. No, no, no. I know the X Games. I hope so. And that's the thing. Like, how good is his form and how will he be? Like, has he lost any of his technical skills? Like, well, how did he measure up? It'll oh, be interesting in, to see. Oh, who gives a shit? When he comes back, <laughs> well, the funny thing, too, is that... Armstrong won, what is it, Leadville uh, 100? Yeah. Like, by a huge margin. So I wonder how he'll compare. I don't know, listen, my... Like, let's say my favorite band uh, right now, let's say, is... Um, you too. Oh my god, I <laughs> fucking hate this. Did we talk about this? Did I tell you about this, Natalia? How much I hate this band? Is that why you're bringing it up? I fucking hate them. But anyway, like whatever. Let's say my favorite band is DRI, right? If DRI says, our next record, we're just going to do a record of just old school blues, acoustic blues. And I'll be like, like all right, I don't give a fuck. Sister did a Christmas album? Exactly. When this is, I'm like, all right, go do whatever the hell you want to. Let me know when you're good again. I think that with Peter Sagan, it's like that. I was like, oh, I want to go do mountain bike. I don't give a shit. Get the hell out of here. But the thing is that hey, when he comes back. You're not excited to see Peter Sagan face off against Julian Absalom? I don't give a fuck about I think mountain biking is the worst sport in the world. So is it like I you don't too give a on shit. bikes? It's like you two on bikes. Exactly. With fat tires. Uh, I think it's boring and stupid and dumb. But anyway, um, the first race he does when he comes back is going to be the Tour of California. So basically, he's going to be gone out of my radar for a long time. So I'm very Which, happy. Which, by the way, last year, the Tour of California was, considering the level of race that it is, you know, we of course, we know that uh, Phil and Grand Paul Tour. think it's the, the fourth Grand Tour. But considering the level of race that we actually know that uh, it is. Klaus, it's Klaus, Klaus. Amazing. Hold on. Yeah. Most Americans thing that is the fourth Grand Tour. All right, go ahead. Oh, no, come on. Give them some credit. Um, and Julian Alaphilippe lost the race last year because of uh, time bonuses. That dude had an insane season last year. I know. He's, doing, he's having a good season this year. But if that guy lives up to the promise, I mean, the sky's the limit for that guy. And so, actually, last year, the Tour of California was insanely... Uh, Exciting again for what it is, you know, whatever. But Julian Alaphilippe. Um, it's funny that you bring up Julian Alaphilippe because what is it that what are, what is it that we're calling these things? Segways. A segue back into <laughs> the Liège Baston Liège. I'm gonna ask all of you guys, of course, give me your pick from your head and your pick from the heart, and I'm gonna go first this time around. Uh, from the heart. Um, Actually, from the heart, it's kind of tough. I Because even though I have no connection with Enrico Gasparotto at all, I think it'd be really cool to see him win another. Like, this would be his biggest win. Um, so, but at the same time, Joaquin Rodriguez is getting there, like, up there, and he hasn't won anything in a while. And if he wins this now or never, but then also Sammy Sanchez. So, anyway, 
long story short, I'm going with Enrico Gasparotto for my heart. I would love to see that happen. But I think it's going to be Juliana Lafilippe is going to be the winner. So that's my Liege, Baston Liege, uh, what you might call it, prediction. And next I'm going to go to Mike. I'm going with Julian Alaphilippe for both. Ah. Because I want him to win, and I really think he's going to win. Okay, cool. Mike. Mm. Klaus. Heart, Alaphilippe. Faulty brain, goddamn Valverde. Ah, (laughs) And by the way, if things had turned out differently, I would have said Sergio and Al for both. But that's kind of... Not he was lifted something. off the course. Wait, did we talk about Sergio now at all? The police pulled him over. Oh yeah, okay, we did talk about it. All right, that's all I wanted to say. I don't want to talk about doping anyway, and like it's annoying and everything that has been going on there is fucking stupid. So, okay, now ladies last, of course, <laughs> Natalia. Is Betancourt going to raise this thing? Uh, I don't think so. Um, because I think they were supposed he to. He is, like, I think, yes. Oh, he okay. is. Let's yeah. go, Betancourt. Oh, yeah. Hold on, Let's actually, if he's, if he's racing, then let me look to see if they're, they're taking bets on him. <laughs> I just found him at least on odds checker. He does come up. Oh, yeah, 150 to 1. Mm. With, he's good. actually tied with uh, Brambilla and Peter Vakoc. So, this is good company. <laughs> hey, he, he won that first stage of... Um, uh, what the hell was that? The, uh, the Castilla y León. Castilla y León. Castilla y León. Which is interesting that both him and Nairo Quintana seem to not only do well, but like bad weather. Rain, <laughs> cold, they yeah. both love it. Love it. And he looked like a, a dork. Stage to win. He looked like a dork with those glasses. I'll say that. Um... All right, Natalia, you say with your heart, Betancourt, which I didn't even think about, actually. Yeah. I think, you know what? I'm going to change that. I'm going to change my uh, heart to Betancourt as well, because I'd rather see Betancourt win than Gasparotto, you know? <laughs> All right. And who do you think is going to win for real? Ala Philippe. So we have Ala Philippe for Natalia, Mike, and I, and Klaus goes with Alverde. And I hate to tell everybody that is listening and everybody here uh, that Klaus is going to win this. Yeah, Klaus is going to win. <laughs> Klaus is going to win this. The, po- the podium is going I, I, to be Alejandro Valverde, um, Julia, Juliana Philippe, and Dan Martin. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, guys. Nibble is there. Uh, yeah, like no, no, no. I mean, Kiatowski no. is in a good day. I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of guys that could potentially, you know, that could do well. Um, I just think Alejandro Valverde right now it's a little unstoppable. The only thing that I can think that could potentially stop him would be a very good ethics quick step um, strategy. And I know that those words shouldn't be in the same sentence together, but who knows? Who knows? All right. Um, is there anything else anybody wants to say? Klaus? About what? No, about life in general, because we're about to be done. Okay. Not Bira. life in general. Are we going to talk Bira? Oh, do you want to talk about Bira? I mean, that was like uh, Johansson, right? Yeah, Johansson it. won it. Yeah. And uh, it was nice because this is when the, stri- the strike from Bulls Dolzman started to fade a little bit. Because they came dominating and then in Bira, 
they actually didn't get the GCE win. So that was that was good, and it was good to see Johansson in the top of the podium because she's retiring after this year. So huh. it was the last season for for Johansson. So it was nice, and it was kind but of she's not even that old. She's, but yeah, she's, she's retiring. She's on. That's that's she's it. She's done. She's like I'm making I'm making twelve thousand dollars a year. I'm gonna go I'm work at Subway. Up. Yeah, she's only thirty two. Yeah, I know it's crazy. That's how old I am. So oh, she's she's gone and it's kind of poetic because this is the race when she started his career like ten years ago. So it was very she was very emotional and hey, after the win, I'm glad that she got it. And the wiggle wiggle high five was nice to see them coming back. They had a rough start a lot of people were putting high expectations for them in the classics since they did so good last year and they had some like newcomers so just like getting the team together was really hard so it was nice to see them back in business because then it is going to be very exciting for the reminder of the year just to see a fight between wiggle high five the walls Dolzman, and then a rabble leap so that's all cool um yeah. also Anybody whose last name is Johansson, I, the only thing I can think about is Steven Johansson, and old Formula One fans will know what I'm talking about. Uh, so every time I, I see the word Johansson, the last name Johansson, I'm like, oh, Steven Johansson? Oh, no. Anyway, uh, so that was Natalia's last words. And Mike, last words? I don't have anything. No last words. Vamos putitas. No last. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that. I hate that. I hate that. That word is like... Just, I don't know. Could it translate something like, because I looked at the Twitter hashtag too, and it looked like it was a lot of um, soccer teams and stuff. Could it translate something like, like go bitches? Let's, or let's go, go bitches. bitches. Something yeah. like that? Yeah, something like that. But it just it's just rougher. It sounds weird. It's a, rough it's word. a very powerful word. Yeah. Let's just yeah. say that. Like, it's, not it, even jokingly, would you really yeah. call someone that? Yeah. Like, that, like, yeah that, that, I think it's more along the lines of let's go, little cunts. Or something like that. <laughs> Which again, that's like dropping an H bomb. Just yeah. Oof. Wait, what's an H bomb? Yeah. Hydrogen bomb. Oh, the actual hydrogen bomb. Oh, I thought you said like yes. an F bomb or like a C bomb, like an H bomb. I'm like, what's an H bomb? Hawaii. <laughs> the Hawaii bomb. <laughs> There's your podcast title. What? <laughs> H bomb, dropping H bombs, dropping an H bomb. No, actually, I think it's gonna have to be have to some do with the Roomba, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Klaus, any last words? I was not very coherent in my, relaying my Perry Roubaix experience, so my apologies for that. Uh, but if you want to see, I did a little write up on my uh, blog, which is whatever Alps and Andes, and to. Yeah, that's it. I'll just stop there. So, yeah, go check it out. All right. And um, so we want to thank Klaus then again, alpsandies.com, MikeGageDesoto.com, and Natalia, who is at N. Colombian. What? Yeah. <laughs> the Self Aware Colombian at Self Aware Colombian. No, at N. Santam, N S A N T A M. There you go. Go follow her on Twitter. And I am Please. at the Skull Crusher, Crusher with a K. And I have the two Instagram accounts. Hello, you should follow both. That's it. That's it. And that's it. And we're out of here. Peace. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to get through this thing called life.
Electric word, life, it means forever, and that's a mighty long time. But I'm here to tell you, there's something else. The afterworld. A world of never-ending happiness. You can always see the sun. Day or night. So when you call up that shrink in Beverly Hills, you know the one. Doctor, everything will be alright. Yeah.